coming up, a look back and a look forward, a snapshot of the economy and markets halfway through 2021. From Thrivent Asset Management, welcome to episode 11 of Advisors Market 360, a podcast for you, the driven financial advisor. In this episode, we look back at the second quarter, and then we will look ahead to our forecast for the third quarter and beyond. First, let's rewind and take a look at what transpired in the second quarter. We tapped into Thrivent Asset Management's team of experts to help us break it down. With the pandemic waning and the economy revving up, stocks continued to set new highs in the second quarter. The S&P 500 index, tracking the average performance of 500 large cap stocks, moved up 8.2% in the second quarter. And through the first half of 2021, the index has climbed 14.4%. The NASDAQ index, following more than 3,300 companies listed in its stock exchange, has seen similar second quarter gains. It was up almost 9.5%. And through the first half of 2021, it was up just over 12.5%. The economic resurgence, along with rising consumer sentiment and a strong recovery in the oil market, has triggered a surge in the cost of living. The Consumer Price Index, a key measure of inflation, rose 0.6% in May, after rising 0.8% in April. In fact, over the 12-month period through May, the Consumer Price Index rose 5%, the largest 12-month increase since 2008. The increase was supercharged by rising used car prices, which jumped 7.3% in May, accounting for about one-third of the total monthly Consumer Price Index increase. While mounting inflation could stall the economic recovery, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell recently told Congress that he believes prices will stop going up and ultimately start to decline as the recovery stabilizes. Compared with one year ago, in the early days of the pandemic lockdown, retail sales were up just over 28%, and total sales for the three-month period of March through May were up over 36% from the same period a year ago. However, according to the Department of Commerce, Retail sales in May slipped 1.3% when compared to April. The employment picture continued to brighten in the second quarter, with 850,000 new jobs added in June. The unemployment rate, however, hasn't changed much, dipping just slightly from 6% at the end of the first quarter to 5.9% at the end of the second quarter. So what sectors saw the most improvement in the second quarter of 2021? Leading the way was the real estate sector of the S&P 500, which was up just over 13%. It was followed by information technology, up a little over 11.5%, energy, up 11.3%, and communication services, up 10.7%. Bond yields dropped in the second quarter after a rapid run-up in the first quarter. The yield on 10-year U.S. Treasuries dropped from 1.74% at the end of the first quarter to 1.45% at the June close. Corporate earnings expectations continued to rise in the second quarter as the economy recovered. Through the first six months of 2021, advanced earnings projections jumped 20.6%. The euro was up 0.9% versus the dollar in the second quarter, although it was still down just over 3% versus the dollar through the first half of 2021. The dollar appreciated 0.44% versus the yen in the second quarter. For the year, the dollar has gained 7.5% versus the yen. The strength of the dollar this year has been attributed, in part, to the comparatively rapid recovery that the U.S. has made from the pandemic compared with most other countries. Even with the pandemic abating and economic optimism returning, 
gold prices edged up in the second quarter, registering a 3.3% gain and ending the quarter at $1,771.60 per ounce. However, for the year, gold prices have dropped about 6.5% from their 2020 closing price. With global travel picking up, oil prices continued to rally in the second quarter, reaching their highest level in more than two years. The price of benchmark West Texas Intermediate moved up 24.2% in the second quarter. Through the first six months of 2021, the price of oil has jumped over 51%. Gasoline prices have also surged this year, with the average price per gallon rising from $2.31 at the end of 2020 to $3.15 at the close of the second quarter, a 36.4% increase. International equities performed well in the second quarter. As businesses began to open up around the world, the MSCI EFA index, which tracks developed economy stocks in Europe, Asia, and Australia, rose 4.37% in the second quarter. And through the first six months of 2021, the index was up 7.33%. With the second quarter in our rearview mirror, what's the market outlook for the third quarter of 2021? We asked Steve Lowe, CFA, Chief Investment Strategist, to share his thoughts, the foremost of which is to keep an eye on the Fed. Anxiety over COVID-19 diminished dramatically during the second quarter due to widespread vaccination efforts that led to dramatically falling infection rates and deaths. This provided a powerful backdrop for the U.S. economy to continue its strong recovery, fueled by exceptionally low interest rates, government fiscal support programs, increasing employment, and healthy consumer spending. Not unexpectedly, the equity market responded to this very positive environment by surging during the second quarter, with the S&P 500 up over 8%. However, value and small cap sectors of the market, which are considered the prime beneficiaries of the economic reopening, began to again lag in performance relative to the large cap growth sector with its heavy orientation to technology. However, in a very unexpected twist, interest rates reversed the upward trajectory they had been on due to inflation fears and actually declined by roughly 20 basis points for longer-term treasury bonds. This is surprising given the dramatically higher levels of reported inflation statistics and evidence that policymakers at the Federal Reserve, or Fed, may be preparing to move away from the extraordinarily accommodative policy they have followed for some time. As we head into the second half of 2021, now is a good time to assess key elements of the economy and to consider whether changing dynamics warrant any shifts in investment strategy or tactics. So what has changed and what has not? Let's start with some of the key elements that continue to support the economy and markets. First, consumers remain flush with cash. Consumer wealth is also at an all-time high, although unfortunately disproportionately distributed. This healthy consumer spending will continue to drive economic growth. However, some spending may be shifting from big-ticket items and non-discretionary items to discretionary and service items. The consumer still drives over two-thirds of the U.S. economy. Second, the labor market continues its rapid improvement. Initial claims for unemployment insurance and the overall unemployment rate have fallen dramatically, though still not close to pre-pandemic lows. Meanwhile, wages are steadily rising. Third, government spending programs continue to offer a considerable tailwind for the economy. Recently enacted pandemic response programs are in full swing, and more spending is expected from a possible infrastructure bill. Fourth, supply constraints persist due to the still lingering problems caused by pandemic mitigation policies. Many of these policies have caused bottlenecks in supply chains, some leading to acute shortages in key items. Fifth, 
Commodity prices, especially oil, lumber, and copper, continued to rise, although this trend started to show some signs of reversing as the quarter came to a close. Sixth, domestic manufacturing is seeing somewhat of a renaissance, as U.S. companies try to reduce dependence on foreign supply and manufacturing sources. This has contributed to a spurt in capital spending as well. Seventh, corporate earnings were very robust in the second quarter, continuing a stretch of impressive results. Revenue growth continues to be surprisingly robust, even in the face of the pandemic. And finally, liquidity in the financial system remains extremely high and huge pools of capital are still available and looking to be deployed in both the public and private equity markets, as well as the fixed income markets. Of course, the economy and markets are always in flux. Here are four key elements that are changing. First, the Fed finally seems to be considering dialing back its unprecedented policy of providing huge amounts of liquidity to the financial system. At the Fed's most recent policy meeting, the consensus outlook of participants was for short-term interest rates to be adjusted higher no later than the end of 2023. This is the first indication that the Fed may be planning to modestly raise rates. Our expectation is that the Fed will announce plans this year to taper its purchases of securities, starting to reduce the $120 billion in monthly buying early next year. We expect rate hikes to start in 2023. Second, the bond market responded to the possibility of the Fed hiking rates earlier by driving bond prices higher, lowering yields. This might appear counterintuitive, but the key is that inflation expectations fell and the Treasury yield curve flattened, with short rates up and longer rates down. This indicates that the market believed earlier rate hikes would reduce the likelihood that inflation would increase significantly, which in turn caused longer-term rates to fall. Our expectation remains that, over time, rates will rise further, driven by inflation and economic growth. Third, in response to this perceived change in the collective thinking of Fed policymakers, the U.S. dollar immediately strengthened relative to other major global currencies. Meanwhile, the stunning rally in Bitcoin and other alternative cryptocurrencies came to a screeching halt with Bitcoin falling nearly 40% from its frothy top. Fourth, although the S&P 500 and other broad stock market indices were strong during the quarter, there was a noteworthy rotation of investor sentiment back to large cap growth names and away from small cap and especially value sectors of the market. We expect continued choppiness in the value versus growth and large versus small against a backdrop of moderate equity returns. Thrivent Asset Management remains moderately overweighted in their equity positioning. But in such a high valuation market, with inflation signals flashing warning signs, Fed policy possibly being in transition, and growth likely peaking, the team continues to believe this is not a time to be aggressively positioned in their portfolios. Some speculative dynamics of the market, such as meme stocks and cryptocurrency trading, are abating. Selection of securities, focusing on quality, durability, and solid fundamentals regardless of sector, is expected to prevail as the second half of the year unfolds. Outside the U.S. equity market, the developed markets, particularly Asia and Europe, appear to be in a better position than the emerging markets. Those markets may be challenged by rising interest rates, a stronger dollar, and declining commodity markets. So, what's the big takeaway? Steve Lowe shares that, overall, the key supports the economy and markets remain in place. However, Valuations also remain very elevated, especially in the fixed income market. With interest rates remaining stubbornly at levels that are well below reported or expected inflation, fixed income returns will continue to be lackluster at best. 
but exceptionally low interest rates continue to be a bulwark against any significant correction in the equity markets. Thanks for listening to this episode of Advisors Market 360. All episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Learn more about us at ThriventFunds.com and find other items of interest to you, the Driven Financial Advisor. Bye for now. All information and representations herein are as of July 7th, 2021, unless otherwise noted. Any indexes discussed are unmanaged and do not reflect the typical cost of investing. Investors cannot invest directly in an index. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. Actual investment decisions made by Thrivent Asset Management LLC will not necessarily reflect the views expressed. This information should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or product. Investment decisions should always be made based on an investor's specific financial needs, objectives, goals, time horizon, and risk tolerance. Thrivent Asset Management, a division of Thrivent, offers financial professionals a variety of investment products to help meet their clients' needs. Thrivent Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA and SIPC and is a subsidiary of Thrivent, the marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans.